0: welcome to the Stephen Mansfield podcast. Great to have you joining me. Hey, before I make my comments for this week, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Uh, find the Stephen Mansfield podcast on iTunes and write a review. Uh, this is not just vanity. This is not just asking uh, us asking you to write nice things about us. Um, but many of you see me at events that I do and even catch me in airports from time to time and say very kind things about the podcast and the good it's doing and how it's helping you and your family. I'd like for others to read those comments. I'd like for others to to know about them, Uh, not again for vanity's sake, but because we want them to join us. We want them to be involved. We want them to know that there's something happening here that can help them think through their world and and, and perhaps understand what's going on in their lives a little bit better. So please go to iTunes, find the Stephen Mansfield podcast, and write a review. I really appreciate it. I want to talk to you in this podcast about where I find myself politically. This podcast is not about me, but I do want to use my experience as a a bit of an example, perhaps of a bit of a lens through which to view what's going on in American politics today. Uh, I am not afraid of political conflict. Our founding fathers designed it that way, believing that men are flawed, believing that men are corrupt, believing that men, well, basically Lord Acton's maxim that uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Of course, that was uh, written after the founding fathers. But uh, the point is they they very much believed um, that that men needed to be hemmed in, and that conflict would result. That you wanted to have a division of powers, a separation of powers in government. You wanted to have opposing political parties. Um, that conflict was one of the ways this would happen. That's why there are checks and balances. Um, that's why a president has the power to veto. That's why Congress has the power to override. That's why majorities have to be acquired in our legislative system. Uh, we believe in conflict. We we understand that people have to bash into each other a little bit politically. Uh, we believe that provides safety for the people and keeps government from encroaching and keeps one party or one man from dominating everyone else. So I, I understand this. I believe in this as a student of the Founding Fathers. I certainly understand uh, that conflict is built into our system. So I want to say that right up front because of what I'm about to say, that that uh, I do believe in political conflict I also want to say that I know my political principles very clearly you know one of the men I most admire is Winston Churchill and he changed parties political parties many times in his life uh, he called it ratting he would go from one party to another and he would rat and in a couple of cases uh, he re ratted and these are his words not mine uh, he, he decided to rejoin a party he had left and so uh, when people asked him about this later in his life he would say well my my principles were the same it was the parties that kept on moving away there was the parties that kept on deviating from first principles. So I I believe in political conflict. I also believe in knowing your principles. I believe I know my principles. But what happens to me in American politics, I think is what's happening to a lot of people in America. And that is that I find myself increasingly in what I call the radical middle. I, I am not... Uh, left of center. I am not right on center. I am slightly right of center politically, but I'm not extreme right and I'm not extreme left. And increasingly, I find the middle to be where the most creativity is happening, where the most radical thoughts are happening, um, where the most productivity is happening. And quite frankly, um, we have the wing nuts today. We have people who are extreme left and extreme right, but when they have to reconcile politically, they often land right where, Where I was to begin with. In other words, when we have, for example, these government shutdowns, you know, because left and right are fighting, when they finally have to reconcile so they can, you know, pass a budget and get on with funding the federal uh, government of the nation, the federal life of the nation, they usually end up where I was to start with. Now, my point is not that I'm smarter than anybody else or better than anybody else. My point is, however, that I'm finding myself increasingly in the radical middle. And I think most Americans are there. We live in a center right country. And I think that uh, it's, uh, again, I'm not making myself the standard bearer of that movement, but I think that people are weary of the extremes. They're weary of a lack of civic grace they're they're weary of, of, of a lack of just fundamental manners and kindness and compassion and patriotism, and what they want are a people to lead them who can who understand the middle who understand reason who understand that ideas have to be reconciled who understand that it's fine to contend but eventually you have to synthesize and I have to tell you time and time again on issues um, that range all over the board I find myself not hard right, not a hard left. I'm definitely a conservative, but I'm slightly right of center. And that's because, quite frankly, American politics has put me there. I have already, for example, done a podcast on the subject of guns. I'm a very strong believer in the right of American citizens to own guns. I own guns. I have concealed carry permits in the states I live in. Uh, I believe in this. At the same time, not through cowardice, not through catering to a leftly agenda, uh, not because I've been captured by you know socialist ideas. I have absolutely no problem with a background check before somebody buys a gun, and I have absolutely no problem uh, with a cooling-off period that, frankly, probably ought to be in the hands uh, of the local store owner. If somebody comes in drunk and sweaty and cursing their wife and they want to buy a gun, uh, I, I think that, th- that the laws ought to allow a cooling-off period. In fact, maybe you need to cool off for every gun you want to buy. You're not in that big a rush to go shoot bamboo. What's the big deal? So here I find myself just slightly right of center, absolutely believing uh, in our constitutional right to own weapons, owning them myself, hunting myself, believing in defense. No question. I think to some uh, ears on the left, that puts me far right. But I have no problem with background checks and no problem with cooling off periods. How is that unconstitutional? How is that unreasonable? Um, And and by the way, don't we wish that uh, some government agency was, was able to be triggered um, or or, or alerted when the Las Vegas shooter uh, amassed a small small arsenal and was able to kill so many people. So does that that make me unreasonable? Does that make me uh, left-wing? I mean, I, I can hear criticism coming from my friends on both the left and the right. And by the way, when I say my friends on the left and the right, living in Washington, D.C., as I do, and having lots of political conversations, I have friends who are all over the spectrum. I think that makes me better. I think their ideas help me. Uh, I, I'm glad to hear them, but I mean it when I say my friends. I have friends who are extreme left. I have friends who are extreme right. I have friends that are, who are conservative evangelicals. I have friends who are atheists, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, I, and, I, and I value their friendship. But my point is this. Uh, on this issue of guns, for example, Am I have I just have I just abandoned conservative principles by thinking that a little bit of caution, a little bit of, of involvement uh, of the government in the issue of gun purchases and gun ownership, when this is one of the issues that's plaguing our society, is that is that somehow abandoning conservative principles? I don't think so. Uh, let's talk about something that's a little less political, but uh, but more social. And that is the, the recent situation with the NFL. Now, I live fairly closely to the black community. I don't mean physically, but I attend an African-American church, largely African-American church in DC, have African-Americans in my family, read African-American history, have, have lectured uh, on African-American in history, um, so I, I feel closer to it. I, I I feel certainly closer than most white Americans. So. When we saw that spate of horrible shootings of black youth and black men, um, recently, in recent years, not, not in the last months, but over recent years, um, and, and, and we, we, we knew that, that many of these shootings were illicit. I mean, a, a man sitting in his car saying, I, to the officer, I have a weapon, I have a permit, um, and yet still getting shot because the officer got nervous and thought the man was reaching for his gun when he was reaching for his wallet. I mean, I mean, surely we grieve about this. Now, some men in the NFL who are African-American said, look, I, I, I'm, I'm on camera for about five minutes every game with my helmet off, and, and and maybe if I just take a knee in a posture of prayer, in a posture of supplication, uh, I, during the national anthem, I could draw some attention to the fact that young men who look like me are being shot and, and inappropriately by authorities. Well, I, I got to tell you, quite frankly, I didn't have any problem with that. I didn't have any problem with that. No laws were broken. Uh, these 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 men and I know some of them are patriots. They love their country. They're glad they're Americans. They're they're they they feel privileged to be able to play football. But but somehow when I said on the air at a couple of interviews that that I have no problem with these men kneeling and and as long as they then put their helmets on and play their best in their in their sport and and, and earn their money well and and live respectable lives otherwise I don't have a problem with them trying to draw attention to a crisis in their community. I, I, I don't. I don't think they're, 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 they've somehow become anti-American Marxists or, or they're trying to destroy the country. And I think that for the, the president of the United States to have called them sons of bitches was atrocious. And I think what some of the owners have said about them is atrocious. These are patriotic young men, for the most part, who are simply asking the country to pay attention to a scourge in their neighborhoods and in their communities. How does that become a hard left, hard right issue? How does that become uh, an issue where if you side with them, you're somehow non-conservative? So, my, my point is not to gripe about my own political positions. My point is to say, you know, has, is it possible that we have abandoned the middle and that the most radical proposals, the most radical ideas, and by the way, the ones I think might have a possibility of healing our society, are coming from the middle? And, and the middle, by the way, I know the old joke, you know, there's nothing in the middle of the road except, except dead, dead skunks and yellow lines. I, I know how that goes, I know what that says. But I'm not in the middle because I'm looking for a reconciliation of left and right ideas all the time that that's that's not it I mean there are certain personalities who can never take a stand and they just get crushed by the two sides or the strong opinions in the room and they end up somehow in the middle and and uh, on on every issue that is not me for example I'm stridently pro-life I'm stridently anti-abortion certainly believe in abortions when the life of the mother's in danger um and, and etc but I but I st- believe that abortion is the taking of a human life so i i'm not on the on the middle there i'm, I'm probably considered further right. Um, and yet at the same time, I need to quickly say, because somehow abortion has become an issue that is wrapped around feminism, that I consider myself a Christian feminist. Strongly, very strong on Christian and family values, but absolutely believe that women are made by God to achieve. Um, I, I often joke, I want my daughter to be the CEO, the Pope, the president, and the king. I want her to achieve everything, break every glass ceiling, take her, go as far as her gifts will allow her to go. And and then yes, I want her to have a godly Christian home with godly Christian kids who are my grandkids. And I want her uh to to uh, have her husband love her and protect her when necessary and, and, and inspire her to achieve great things if she wants to. And if she wants to stay home and not achieve a thing except just be a good mom, I want her to be to be able to do that too. I consider myself a Christian feminist, and yet I'm I'm very much to the right on the issue of abortion again because I think it's a moral issue. Yes, for me it's a biblical issue, but also uh, it's an issue that I think human lives are being are being taken. And by the way, globally, if you are a, a person who cares about women, uh, it's mainly uh, females in the womb who are being aborted worldwide because they're considered less valuable. So so globally, abortion's playing into the hands of an anti woman movement, whereas here in the West, it's considered to be part of a feminist movement. It's all very confusing. I know. But my point is that I, I am not holding those views because I'm reconciling between left and right. I'm not constantly triangulating, as we often say in American politics. I'm not uh, constantly trying to reconcile ideas from the left and the right. I get up, I look at the facts, I think about where I am, and and I declare where I am. And then when I put that on the range of American political opinion, I find myself slightly right of center, which means I guess I'm a moderate conservative. I'm a moderate Republican, although I'm not in the Republican Party anymore. And so... What I want us to consider is how we got so far extreme right and extreme left. Uh, what, what, what landed us here and how has the middle, how has reason, uh, how, how has the idea to, to blend together seemingly disparate ideas been abandoned in American politics. I want to talk to you more about that in the next podcast. I'll call that radical middle part two, just to make it sound like a movie sequel. And let me say again, please go on iTunes and write a review about the Stephen Mansfield podcast more in the next podcast.